The presenting sponsor for On Education is Classcraft. We're excited to announce Classcraft's new story mode, which makes it easy for educators to harness the power of stories. Episodes 1 and 2 of Season 1 are ready for you and your students to play today, and it's completely free. To learn more about Classcraft and the new story mode, simply visit classcraft.com slash oneducation. I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Welcome to On Education Presents Dig It or Ditch It. We are back. So, Dig It or Ditch It, it's a, it's a circus for your ears, friends. <laughs> and, uh, and we're here with our friends, uh, with, with Noah, Noah Geisel, the uh, Justin Timberlake of On Education. Welcome, buddy. How's it going? Fantastic. So good to be back here. First time of the 1920 school year. Happy uh, fall semester to you guys. Giddy up. So we have topics. This is the way it goes. We have topics. We don't necessarily know what they are. Noah's throwing them at us and we are delivering um, hot or at the very least mediocre takes (laughs) on them. And we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. We um, were out of practice a little bit because we um, we missed July and we had technical difficulties in August. So, you know, here we are at the end of August and we're ready to uh, to unleash fury on podcasting. (laughs) So let's do it. <laughs> All right, we're going to start with the Fury first. That uh, you just made me switch up order there, Mike, with the Fury <laughs> request. So, Fantastic. fellas, email, dig it or ditch it. Ooh, you want to go first, Mike? I'm fine with email. Listen, li- li- I know Noah has troubles with email firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> Noah struggles with email. I I actually don't. Um, my inbox is um, zero Ooh, on almost all of my multiple of inboxes. Guys. Yeah, man, I'm pretty good. I am. So show off. I'm. I'm. Yes, yes. I'm showing off. Uh, I'm pretty fine with email. Uh, I it's not my preferred form of communication, but I do get probably about a hundred emails a day, and um, you know I deal with it. I guess it's, I do find it extremely annoying, Noah. Um, I have uh, 1,300 <laughs> emails in my sitting in my inbox, so that would drive Mike nuts. Uh, God when knows how it. many of them are are from over a year old, <laughs> and that's oh only in God. my school email. My, my uh, personal email probably has about 8,000 emails that are just, just sit there. Um, and so not very good with the old email. As far as keeping it nice and organized and tidy, I should actually make that as one of my goals. Uh, but I always, uh, you know, get distracted by something else. I, I find that it's a necessary evil as far as for the job. It's basically the way that we communicate within our school district. Um, you know, there are text messages and those kinds of things, but that feels a little bit more like it's an urgent matter. Uh, if you get a text message for one of your colleagues to help with something and then emails kind of like everything else. So it's the necessary evil of basically participating in civilization, but I he, don't really, I'm not really liking it or anything. Yes. He gets calendar yes. invites from me that he doesn't reply to. I know so. <laughs> that pisses Mike off so much. <laughs> There's these calendar invites and I don't say yes to them. <laughs> it's for the episodes. <laughs> 
Well, I feel like we're in danger starting off Digger Ditch with some highly warm takes here. Yes. So I'm going to come in hot with a okay. hardcore ditch All right. on well, email. I, I am just over email. We we have to do better, uh, I, I think. And, you know, that sort of leads into my, my next Digger Ditches. We, you know, a lot of us at the start of the school year are really going to be diving into digital citizenship and best practices, you know, an essential part of email is passwords, right? And so, you know, just the notion of a alphanumeric password in 2019, dig it or ditch it? I think it's essential that you have an alphanumeric password. And actually, I wish there was a better way of, and I'm sure there is, and maybe Mike actually has a good suggestion for this, of being able to develop a series of passwords. I know that there are actually some apps where, it starts creating and, and uh, housing all of your passwords with with one with just one other password, uh, but I find it again it's one of those necessary evils in today's society as far as having an alphanumeric uh, password. Almost everything requires it now, uh, and including symbols and everything else. But I wish there was ways to be able to develop more of them and then being able to house them somehow because our memories, man, my. All of my my uh, uh, short and long term memories are jacked up because of millions of different passwords that we have to remember for everything. It's like how much of that is, is taken away from things that are actually you know po- creative <laughs> things or something that would actually help function in society or in education, whatever it might be. It's like oh no, I ha- at least I know all my passwords. It's like ugh. Uh, so again, a necessary evil uh, in again in my world. What do you think, Mike? I'm excited to give you guys a lesson here oh, on God. password creation. So I, I totally taught how to create passwords to my students. I It was part of my job, I felt. Um, so part one is a word that you'll never forget. Okay? It okay. can be any word you want, but a word that you'll never forget. So the first part of all of my passwords is a word that... Only I know, but I'll never forget. And then part two of my passwords is a symbol, whatever symbol I want to use. Part three is the name of the service that I'm using. So Mm. Google, Microsoft, Amazon, whatever that service is, it's Squadcast, which is the name of the program we're using for our podcast recording. So part three is the service. And then a number I'll never forget. So a number that's burned into my memory somehow. But not so, your birth date. But not necessarily. Because <laughs> so, so you just gave away to millions of people yep, out there no, that fine. are our listeners. Millions. <laughs> access like to that. all of your bank accounts. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine. <laughs> no, I'm just it's, 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 the The ultimate rule of a password is that it should be super easy for you to remember and hard for anyone else to guess. So by doing those keywords, the the word at the front in particular and the number at the end, people will never guess my passwords. So that's why I just told you the How secret to, to all the passwords but that we, I have. But no way we can guess it. With Go your, to town, with, folks. With your formula. Bring it. I dare you. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I knew you actually, I just knew that Mike would have <laughs> this kind of response. I just had, yeah. I have never actually talked to him about passwords, but I just knew it. Password like, creation 101. I, you got it. That's like a grade four lesson for me. <laughs> what do you think, Noah? 
Jim, fellas, I'm a hardcore ditch. We, you know, the, the, we've got a dig, dig, ditch here. I um, am definitely anti. I just think in 2019 we can do better, you know? Mm. I go to 24-hour fitness, and they know me by my fingerprint. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's just better ways that we can be doing things, I think. And, I, you know, I think it's really disappointing that, that we're not, right? That there is so – the most people don't have – Mr. Washburn teaching them how to create passwords. <laughs> and true. so we have like major student data, you know, that are saved mm-hmm. on Google Sheets out there, right? With, that are, you know, protected by a password. One, one, that one, one. Is password. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like we need to protect. We, I, I think there's a need out there for the technology companies to help protect us from ourselves mm. by doing better, I, I think. And, and so. I'm a hardcore ditch on that one. That Thanks. reminds me of a story, Noah. Uh, one of our secure, our, our uh, it's basically the guy that runs all of our technology for our district. He went to a session at actually it was the Minnesota Ties Conference, and it was specifically for any people that actually run district wide servers and 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 deal with things like what you were talking about here as far as passwords. And he asked the <laughs> the presenter like, "What's the biggest threat right now?" Uh, that we need to be looking out for, you know, as far as school security, you know, uh, digital security. And he said, your administrators, <laughs> because of the looseness of those passwords and the easy access and the ability to be able to e- easily humanly be able to connect with someone and then be able to figure out passwords, you know, yeah. uh, not even have to hack it. Yeah, at the risk of giving your listeners, you know, other podcasts to listen to, uh, uh, the last Don't episode, the Snap Judgment podcast was a story of exactly that, a student mm. finding the principal's uh, Google Doc that was called Passwords yes. and uh, wreaking some major <laughs> havoc. <laughs> That's hey, so solid security. Exactly. That's what Amazing. happens, man. <laughs> All right, fellas, time to get serious with our, with our okay. next digger, Dig It or Ditch It. Uh, taking everything Taylor Swift has done in 2019 as the best teachable moments ever. Dig it or ditch it. I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I I don't know how I became a Taylor Swift fan, but I am. So I'm here for it. Whatever, whatever Taylor Swift does, I'm cool with. Uh, I like that she's getting political. I think she has a giant platform that ha- can reach people that are previously unreachable. And I, I think that, you know, I'm I'm here for her. You know, it helps that she's a liberal. Like, I mean, if she was a Republican, <laughs> I'd be pissed, right? But she's not, so that's cool, <laughs> right? But, you know, so now that I know that she's moderately progressive at the very least, um, I'm here for Taylor Swift. And I, I think that I, I think it's great that she's re-recording her back catalog because she kind of got screwed on a business deal because, you know, the the dude that bought her catalog is a bit of a dick. And so, <laughs> you know, and it is going to completely, like, manipulate her entire, like, career previous to now. Um, so she's re-recording all of her stuff, and I think that's great, too. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Taylor Swift fan, and I can't believe I just said that. Wow. That's, that is a hot take right there. I gotta <laughs> say that. Um, I'm... <laughs> I don't even know if I dig or ditch. I kind of want to dig it now that Mike just poured on the love for Taylor. He just sold me on Taylor Swift. I really do like, though, athletes and our celebrities and our uh, musicians do take 
a political stance. Um, often, like what Mike said, it's it is on the liberal side, uh, but not always. Um, but I do like that that they share those that part about themselves because. Um, at many times when we were growing up, Noah, uh, and you know this as far as like Michael Jordan uh, or any of those kinds of celebrities that we kind of grew up with, those uh, athlete celebrities or even probably our musicians, a lot of them just were kept their mouths shut so that they could yeah. continue to make money from everybody. You know, they were they knew that by being uh, just being quiet about their political views or whatever it might be, that that actually was better for themselves as far as being able to continue to market themselves, et cetera. Um, and people take risks, uh, I think, more nowadays. And, and a lot of people criticize millennials, especially, uh, for like sitting on the sidelines, doing some stuff like that. And I think it's the exact opposite. They take way more risks. They put themselves out there. And then some of these people are putting their own career out there uh, on on the line uh, and and money really uh, on the line to be able to go in and take a stance. So I I do like that part about it. And Mike, you did sell me on Taylor Swift's, and I, I probably will buy her reissued Thanks. album now. You're in I, the Swift Army. Yes, Swift Join Army. Me. <laughs> yes. Hey, so even just a pile on. I mean, you know, not related to Taylor Swift, but you know who I don't watch right now is Jimmy Fallon. Not on purpose, just because I think he's a complete wimp for not you know, engaging in what's going on, you know, and Stephen Colbert and, you know, Seth Meyers and those folks are experiencing like a giant surge in popularity because they're engaging in what the hell is going on around them as opposed to Jimmy who just like, you know, puts his hands over his eyes and goes, la, 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 I'm going to just keep being funny. But I don't think, I don't think that that's his specialty though too mike to be oh, fair it wasn't, to be fair it wasn't to him. seth meyer's specialty either though no this but stephen colbert came from came from that Maybe world was. noah's got a hot take you know what coming, i mean it came I from that world so it's like can he really jimmy fallon really take turn the switch and then turn into a political machine i don't know you know i, know. I know what you're saying but yeah. i'm not even sure that that's in his wheelhouse you know they're all they're basically you know nighttime hosts but they're also comedians and they have a certain type of material colbert especially is so perfectly he's suited he's perfectly suited for yeah. this time period in our lives uh yes. and so yeah no i and i under i get what you're saying do you know I, i'm with you guys on the digging her I, I i think that there's and i'm not gonna lie i wasn't even thinking about the political stuff mike when i put this one out there um and so for your listeners who are you know seeking teachable moments through you know the legend that is t swift you know they can dig just so many different things beyond the taking a stand. I think there's also a lot to be said out there. You know, when we talk about role models, you know, the, the, there's a whole lot of our students, you know, who don't always see themselves reflected in the typical role models that we're throwing out there. Right. I mean, yeah. so many of the role models that, that we're putting out there for our students are men, are people who are not yeah. living, you know, yeah. that, that here's somebody who, who they've grown up with, right? And so, you know, I, I think that there's so much there as a role model. I think that there's a lot there with just, you know, what do you do when the expectations are already set so high and there's, you know, almost nowhere to go but down and you still kill it every time, you know what I mean? Pretty Her amazing. new album's amazing. And, and I think amazing. there's teachable moments there. And I also think just for us as teachers, she is like a teacher, I mean, there are not that many artists that, you know, are, have this teacher quality. And that's that, you know, 
that people, their original fans will still love them, right? That, that's the student who reached out to me on Facebook yesterday to be like, hey, Mr. G, guess what? I got married and my mom's sober, you know? And like, you know, they're, they're growing up with us, but you also are still there for the students who are the same age, right? Like as teachers, we're there for today's 14-year-olds as they grow and become tomorrow's 28-year-olds, but we'll still be there for tomorrow's 14-year-olds. And I think that Taylor Swift is a great example of somebody who's doing that, you know? And I don't think there's a lot of artists who are able to both age with their um, the, with their base and remain there for the next generation as well. Hmm. Love, love it. it. Love it, love it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I uh, sorry I went off on a tangent there, and, and might be creating some stuff for, for some editing. I apologize, Mike. Uh, you know, I, I know that you all uh, addressed a, a little bit of this, but be, you know, I wanted to bring it up on on our uh, technical difficulty episode. So I'm going to go go back there, and you know, some folks who are on Twitter land may have been noticing that there's this Edu Celebrity Twitter account. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of folks who um, have strong pro-feelings, strong anti-feelings. I think there's a lot of people who on both those camps who are paying attention. Uh, but, but where do you guys fall on the Edu Celebrity Twitter account and maybe just overall uh, professional uh, satire in the teaching profession? Dig it or ditch it? I um... – we we kind of talked about edgy celebrity. If you haven't gone onto Twitter, <laughs> you'll you'll want to check it out. I I think some of the stuff is hilarious, and some of it feels like whoever's doing this is trying real hard and not quite there. You know, so as some of it, they're like I think they have some different points that are good. Um, though I think it can it it has started because of this kind of anti-celebrity status on Twitter, uh, uh, going and, and speaking and presenting at uh, conferences, and this kind of movement that's happening out there. Actually, anti-people moving away from education or, or ending up getting a career as a speaker or as a, as a uh, person who gives professional development uh, at, at, in their, you know, as, as their profession and moving away from the classroom and then basically stating that, well, they, they couldn't hack it in the classroom. So now they're doing this other thing. And it's, and it's, you hear that, I hear that, you know, quite often on Twitter and it just felt like it was ramping up massively. And then there was some specific attacks I thought, and I felt like it was attacks because it was like some, not just, uh, I think unprofessional kind of, kind of, uh, digs, uh, especially at people related to, I thought, the Dave Burgess kind of family. Anybody that's related to the pirates, you know, had a book basically published by that company and kind of this movement against it. And Mike and I had discussed, and I, I continue to say this, the messages that these books and these people are giving us at conferences or within their books and whatever it might be are really super positive messages on a variety of different topics if you don't like this specific things, then you don't have to buy any of this stuff. They're not selling it to you. But obviously, there's some success happening there. And they continue to be able to go ahead and put out more voices and, and more often as far as this company. And it's not just that company. It's all kinds of things. So really, it's it's kind of a weird thing that we'd be jealous at, at our own 
fellow teachers who have made a success out of at of not only being a teacher right. but sharing their their messages and then now having a career started where they get to share those things and then be able to build other people up so it's it's so strange to me that people then turn into this kind of attack mode. The Edge of Celebrity account is funny because some of the stuff is funny, uh, especially with being involved in professional development now, as I am within my school district, because some of the stuff, it's a parody of some stuff that does happen. And we know we need mm-hmm. to change some things. But really, the overall toxicity, I was telling Mike that I just, I can't, I can't get behind it. I don't know what's what's going on there and why people are deciding to basically kind of us go against each other. I'm I'm fine with ditching the accounts. Like if we're looking for like a dig it or ditch it, I'm fine with ditching it. But like all forms of kind of parody or, um, uh, you know, even stereotypes, you know, stereotypes are stereotypes because sometimes they're true. And, parodies are like these parody accounts like glenn said are you know some of them are accurate kind of representations of some of the nonsense that's going on in in twitter it, it and it's funny because i i said it i, I don't know where the conversation happened I, th- I feel like i we were at usm spark in milwaukee and i said to someone and I feel like I think Glenn was there, but I said, you know, you could probably pile up 10 or so of of these kind of education books that have come out. And if you looked through them, you could find a similar kind of paraphrase sentence in every single one of them that was similar. So we're getting into a bit of an echo chamber in terms of the things that are said in some of these books. So I get that what the point, the broad point of some of these accounts is trying to make is that we're in our own little world in our own little echo chamber. And these, some of these edu Twitter um, people that have like, and we're talking like hundreds of thousands of followers um, are, 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 are in is a little bit, you know, weird, but I, I also agree with Glenn in that, these people are doing a lot of good, and we know a lot of these people. You, all three of us, to be honest, are in pictures with some of the people that these accounts are targeting. We're hanging out. We're having dinner with some of the people that these accounts are targeting. We're friends with some of the people that these accounts are targeting. And these people are good people with amazing hearts and a ton of passion for what they do and how they do it. And and, and they were teachers. That's the yes, whole thing. It's like 100%. that's what people forget that they were like, yeah, they were only a teacher. It's like, no, they were an educator. Right. They were in a classroom. They have a message now that obviously some people are compelled to, right. but they were a teacher. So just, I mean, that's an important thing to remember. 100%. These are, and these, so these are our, in some cases, these are some of our friends. And I'm not going to let or at least sit by and let people slag on these people without knowing anything about them and why they do what they do and how they do what they do. Some of the attacks that I saw specifically were so friggin' ridiculous that I, I couldn't even like, I was losing it and biting <laughs> my tongue. Like in, 
like Glenn has called it poking the bear every once in a while because <laughs> holy crap, I was so close to blowing my stack on Twitter a couple times. And it's like, like someone called out Don friggin' Wetrick. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? This is a guy that has done so much for so many people. Like, give your head a shake, you idiot. Michael you don't even too. And Michael it, like, I mean, come on. That's right? like, again... Like, if you meet if you meet Michael oh. Cohen, even just in passing for the five right. seconds that you'll be around him, you'll know that's something special about just being an amazing human being. And I, I, right. I wish I was I could send my kids to his classroom because I'm sure it would be kind of you could tell there's this magical way of him uh, of what he is of what he represents and even his messages that he when he talks. Uh, so yeah, attacking him, I'm just like, come on. Lose so all credibility. No, no, no time for any of that nonsense. So, uh, well, I'm fine with not the accounts not existing. Uh, I and I also want to say I understand some of the perspectives. I think people need to like really think a little bit more um, thoughtfully about who they're attacking and why and what it all means because there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of good um and you know some of this stuff was absolute nonsense you know i'll piggyback on that mike with you know a kind of qualified do as i say not as i do ditch uh because i definitely you know kind of enjoyed some of the jokes (laughs) Uh, you know i i might make some of those jokes right uh uh, but you know, I am a ditch on the account. I don't think it helps the profession. You know, I don't think it productively takes us to a place of addressing the underlying concerns around. You know, where I think that sort of um, kind of pushback is coming from on the Edu celebrity. And right. like, frankly, I, I'm a dig on Edu celebrity. Like, I think it is good for the profession that we have. You know, Ron Clark on Oprah, right? Like that we have. Uh, teachers who are being featured all over the country and being elevated because them being elevated elevates all the rest of us. Absolutely. And, um, you know, are, are there going to be instances of folks of, you know, where, where you may kind of be dubious of, of their merit to be the messengers of their message? Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I had that this afternoon in my class, like, am I, do I even deserve to be teaching this today? Like, <laughs> you kids deserve better, right? But, you know, I, I, I think that it's, it's dangerous when we generalize. I think that we, you know, it, it, it's, I, I think that we're probably not being honest brokers and, and, you know, being truthful to ourselves if we think we're being more helpful than, than hindering um, education when we kind of buy into the toxicity. And, you know, I, I also think that there's, a side to it that we don't see. Hmm. Um, and and a, a, just a quick story that I hadn't planned on sharing, but just came to my mind is, you know, I, I recently saw a few months back actually where um, an edge of celebrity kind of got piled on for something that they'd said that was very platitude and and like it, they might've deserved to have some pushback, but the piling on very quickly, you know, got personal and they didn't, there was a door that had been open for them. And they chose not to walk through that door to have this conversation about something that I saw as being really important. 
and them having this major, huge platform for them to take the invitation, walk through that door, I thought would be hugely instructive for tens of thousands of people and, yeah. you know, change the world type stuff. And so I, I sent him a direct message and I said, Hey, I think it's a bummer how you got treated there. And I saw an invitation, you know, even if it's not to converse with them, just to explore the idea, you know, and rethink what you were doing and maybe, maybe right. revisit that. And what I found was they weren't even ready to even think about that because they were in such a kind of hurt place mm -hmm. with what they then went on to share with me in their response saying, look, like I'm in therapy over this, but yeah. like, my family has had to, you know, unfollow me so they don't see the stuff that's being thrown at me in their feeds because they're wow. scared and bothered by this. And Jeez. just these little things that for us just look like, you know, scoring points kind of takedown yeah. culture are actually, you know, to Mike's point, really toxic and causing mm -hmm. damage, mm -hmm. you know, beyond just the field of education, just to humanity that, you know, here's this person who would have this amazing platform to publicly go on this journey and make a difference as a result that they're not even in a place where they can comprehend doing that journey because they're just in a place of feeling safe and, you know, figuring yeah. out how to sleep again at night. Yeah. yeah. And that's damage control. Yeah. And again, not only are we educators, but remember that we're all people and it's really easy, you know, to get behind our media, social media platforms and really just start throwing out the venom. Um, mm -hmm. Because I tell you what, it's a hell of a lot harder to go to someone's face and go tell them that exact same thing. And especially once you actually get to know people. And that's really what our biggest problem is. Noah, I think is that, you know, we, we're, we live in these social circles, but a lot of times we really don't get to know each other. Like we don't really take the time to try to get to know each other before we start just, uh, uh, forming opinions and then really just start, uh, throwing out negativity. It's uh, a hell of a lot harder to get to know somebody and then, and then be able to have a discussion. As Mike says, you don't have to agree on everything. Mike and I don't mm -hmm. agree on a hell of a lot of stuff and that doesn't mean that I'm going to go and throw out like venom at stuff and whatever it might be. Cause I haven't gotten to know Mike. I know that though we may not agree on everything that doesn't matter as far as being humans, you know, as far as and that and being able to have discussions and being able to argue about stuff, but then come back and be like, Hey, we're all friends and we're all, you know, in this case, we share a profession. We're all educators. We all share a passion. Mm -hmm. What's our passion? We all want to educate kids like to the best of our abilities and there's a lot of people on the outside of education. That's what people. That's what my thing all the time when I talk to people or whenever I have a platform to be able to think. To remember that there's this other world outside of education, and there's a bunch of people that really want to put us down for a variety of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Most of them being political. Most of them having to do with money and a variety of other things. But most, a lot of them want to bury us, and this just gives you more ammo for those kinds of things why would we give them more ammo within our own profession so big time topic that mike and i always want to support teachers we want to do that and hell that's great that these people are going on oprah and on the ellen show right. and and all of these things because it's it they represent all of us which is amazing i think that's a that's an amazing thing we should be on those shows because it's such an important profession like 
like I mean, actually, the connection between all of these things that you've said is Michael Michael Bonner, for example, yeah. who was on Ellen and works now at the Ron Clark Academy. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> he's the full tell, circle. <laughs> tell, tell me that Michael Bonner is a bad teacher and not like like holy crap, this guy what is a the real the real deal in every single friggin' way. And so, I mean, I don't care whether that guy can stand in front of 15,000 people at a, in a stadium and speak. And I don't care that he's an edgy celebrity because he's, he's doing the work yes. and he's kicking ass. And I'm a giant and I don't mind calling myself a Michael Bonner fan <laughs> every day because the guy's amazing. So yeah. There we and, go. You know, and I think the, to really bring it so full circle guys is, you know, Taylor Swift said it, you know, I say it in the street. That's a knockout. Say it in the tweet. <laughs> that's a cop out. <laughs> there's there's no better way that, to end dig it or that, ditch it than with was, a Taylor Swift that was drop. the epic so, throwdown right there <laughs> here we go <laughs> friends this has been dig it or ditch it that was an amazing uh episode uh thanks to noah for joining us and uh we'll uh see you next time everybody have a fabulous day Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the Education Podcast Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Jennifer Gonzalez, Matt Miller, and many more by visiting edupodcastnetwork.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter, and I can be found at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Classcraft, for supporting us. Check out classcraft.com slash oneducation to learn more about them. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.